weren't here last week, um, I, I wanted to recap last week. And the, another reason why I wanted to recap is because I know how we are. We're forgetful people. <laughs> we are forgetful people, and sometimes you can speak the word, and, and, and a lot of times we just, you know, some, something comes in our mind, and we get distracted, whatever it is. And so, you know, I would also encourage you, if you okay, this mic's wanting to go out. If you, if you forget or if you weren't here, to go back and listen and, and to, to stay connected because there are words, I believe, that are for every season in our lives that God is, is giving this church. And um, so I think it's very important to, to, to not forget those times because I could tell you right now, even now that we're having Wednesday night services, it's really not enough. It's not enough to just be in the Word once or twice a week. You know, and if you're, if you're even in the Word at home, sometimes you just need a fresh view and, and to hear from God in a fresh way. So I don't know why I'm saying this other than to say, welcome, <laughs> welcome. So last week we, we, we talked about having vision from God, clarity vision, okay? I, I started on 2 Kings chapter 6, and in this, Elisha, so the king of Syria is making war with Israel, and Elisha hears from the Lord, and he informs the king of Israel saying, listen, they're about to... They're going to send raids here. And so every time it's thwarted. And so the Syrian king is obviously frustrated. And so they find out that it's Elisha. And he sends uh, an army to attack. He sends, he sends an attack to Elisha. And in this time, Elisha and his servant are in this place. And they see that they are surrounded. They see that they're surrounded by these raiders. And so Elisha, having vision and prophetic gifts, he sees that what the Lord has encamped around them. But the servant doesn't see it. So the servant says, oh, Elisha, what are we going to do? We're surrounded, right? We're surrounded by all these people. And Elisha just says, those who are with us are greater than those that are with them. He sees the heavenly reality. The things that our physical eyes do not see. And that's what I want to emphasize today, those spiritual, heavenly, godly realities that we so often miss because our physical eyes see something or we've gained perceptions or opinions over our lifetime. See, what's going on here is the life of servant sees that they're surrounded. And so he was correct when he perceived that they were surrounded. They were surrounded. But what he misperceived was that they were outnumbered. Do you see what I'm saying? You might see something physically, but oftentimes we do not know what is happening spiritually. So that is the emphasis today, is get your eyes off of your physical realities and get them on the Lord's realities. Because our perception oftentimes hinders our perspective of what God's really trying to do. And a lot of times we get, we get blocked and we, we lose focus of this. And the other emphasis I wanted to, to remind us of that we talked about last week was looking behind looking to the side. I brought up a good, you know, a little point about my son. If you guys know my son pretty well, if you've ever tried to go on a walk with him, he does this all the time. And he'll walk, he'll walk, you know, for whatever, and he starts looking at something off to the side, a squirrel or whatever it may be, and he runs into something that's right in front of him because he's looking over here, right? He's walking on this path, and he's got his eyes off to the side. He's walking on this path, and then bam, runs into something. And I think we do that spiritually. We're looking behind. We're looking at the past. We're looking at all these different perspectives, our complications in life, our stresses, emergencies, whatever it might be. And we get off the path, and God's leading us on this narrow path. 
It's difficult as it is, especially if you're looking off to the side and looking behind. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? So the Lord wants us to keep our eyes focused and on him, clearly on him. And so that is the reality today, folks, because if we do not, we crash. We crash spiritually. We will crash if we got our eyes set to everything else. So that is the emphasis. Let me pray for a moment. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, in this body, Lord, to, to, to receive from your word today, to hear from you today, Father. I pray that you would just speak through our hearts, that you would give us ears to hear this morning. Father, that you would give me the lips of a ready writer today, Father. Lord, help me to be, help me to speak with the effectiveness, Lord God, that you would call today. Lord, I pray that you just help me and you would help all of us to receive this word today. And when we receive this word, Lord, we would be doers of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you guys know something about me, I, I'm, I guess I'm coming into what my preaching style is, <laughs> since I haven't been doing it too long. But I do like to read a lot of scripture. Um, and instead of just picking a couple verses, I'm going to select all of the chapter of Ephesians chapter 3, if you could turn there with me. I don't know if the heat's on or if that's just the consuming fire of God or something. Woo! Praise the Lord. I gotta roll up my sleeves a little bit. Need to get one of those TD Jakes uh, towels or something like that. <laughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 3. If you're not familiar, I do read out of the New King James Version. Verse 1 For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Stay with me. I know I'm reading a lot, but we're going to read quite a bit of this and, and break this down. Verse 8, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I love that. I, I, I just, I got to stop there for a moment. The unsearchable riches of Christ. What an incredible thought. You might want to highlight that in the Bible. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, to whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted 
and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know this this passage emphasizes so many things. The first is the mystery of God, that we would all be welcomed to eternity, Jews and Gentiles. This is not just a privilege for the, the elect nation when Christ arrives. This is available to all. And looking back to last week, we spoke about you know, our perception versus heavenly realities. The per- perception of the Gentiles, the perception of the Jews would be that the Savior was not here when the mystery was not revealed. Heirs of Christ makes the heavenly realities of God your inheritance. When you're an heir of God, these heavenly realities are your inheritance. That's why it's crucial to understand this. It's available to all of us who seek Christ. It was made available to all. Available to all. That is a comforting thought. Understanding and seeing God more clearly is available. To everyone who pursues and humbly perseveres, right? See, before Christ came, their physical eyes would have not seen. They, they would, did not see Christ. So where would you be? If you don't see physically, your physical perception is different than what's happening spiritually, right? You can even go back to the time, you know, I've been studying out of Daniel just for my own sake and You can go back to prophecies in chapters 8 through 10, I believe, at least. And you can go back and you can follow the exact timeline from when the king of Persia, Artaxerxes, allows the rebuilding of the temple of Jerusalem. From that time, the exact timing is prophesied to when the Savior would be born. So they knew if they would have just gone back, they would know. Last week, we used the examples of this exile and Babylonian uh, takeover that the people knew. They knew they needed to turn to the Lord, yet they you know, didn't see. It was all fine and dandy until Nebuchadnezzar comes knocking, right? And prophecy after prophecy, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, prophesying, saying, turn to the Lord. And they just looked They had eyes, but they could not see. That's what we said last week. Eyes, but they could not see. See, I think that's what's going on a lot of churches and a lot of people. We have our physical eyes, but we do not see. We see nothing because we are blinded by our own perception, our own worldly view. Whatever it is, we have become blinded. The spiritual reality, going back to this mystery, you know, Jesus, Jesus is coming. Right? There is prophecy. There is exact timeline. And the mystery becomes revealed. And Jesus comes and performs miracles. And still, the Pharisees and the religious and the arrogant will say, nope, that's not the Messiah. This is what I'm preaching on today, folks. These spiritual realities are so much different. I'm going to get a little more into spiritual realities. They're so much, they're far, so much farther different than our physical reality. And so then Paul is preaching on these unsearchable riches of Christ. 
unsearchable riches. It means we, regardless of where we are in life, there's still, there's more. There's unsearchable riches. And I'm not just talking about money here, okay? Think farther. <laughs> Think farther. All right. And this is our promise today. This promise was fulfilled. And this, this, uh, this expanse of his power, this plan, it, it so far exceeds anything that we can put together in our minds. That's why it's unsearchable. We may think we know. We may think we see. But God has more for you and me. Oh, I just rhymed. Praise God. <laughs> so that's my prayer. You know, that should be our mindset. God, we just want to see you more clearly. But Lord, just in all this mess, and all this mud, I just want to see you more clearly. I want to focus on you, God. And I want you to expand my vision. I want to see the depths and the width and the height and the length of all of your love, all of your power, Lord. I want to see all of it. I'm tired of putting you in this finite little box, this little God. Hmm. So going back to scripture, verse 10. It says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God may be known to the church. So all these things are being revealed. The manifold wisdom of God. These are the things that are being revealed. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. How many could use a little more boldness in their faith today? Hallelujah. You have access to that. Amen. Verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, not, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, through his spirit in the inner man. Pray for strengthening of the spirit. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Oh, man, isn't that just such a wonderful feeling that Christ dwells in our hearts? He lives amongst us. Praise God. That excites me. I want to comprehend the full depth and width and length and height and whatever measurement you want to use. I want to see it all that God has for me, all of his plan. And so often we allow the world's perspective to influence our perception of God. And that's when we see a little God. That's the, that was my challenge last week. Where do you get your opinions, your perspective from? Do you get it from the word, understanding God's character in the word? What are you listening to? It might even be Christian news. I want to get it from the word first. Amen. And so there's this, this idea that oftentimes the world will look at God through the thought of a, a microscope. A microscope will magnify something that's small, insignificant, right? And you have to use a microscope to be able to see it. With eyes of faith, we need to look at God through a telescope, <laughs> something big. And I just want to magnify the greatness of that big thing, that big God. That is what I'm trying to say. What have you used today? What is the lens that you're looking through? What eyes have you looked at God through? The eyes of your own perception, the eyes of the things that you could plan or the things that you could see. Eyes of faith say there's this a great big God that we just need to magnify magnify. Amen. So there are unsearchable riches of Christ that we have not seen. Do you understand that? There is not a single person 
in this room who has seen all of the things that God has in store, all the things that God can do. There's not a single person in this room. You know what? That's good news. <laughs> That's exciting because that means God has more for you today. God has more for you if you just seek him, pursue him, and ask him to reveal this to you. Do you hear me today, church? Do you hear me? The Lord still has a work to do in you. I believe that if you're here right now, the Lord still has a work to do in you. Your story is not over, right? You can trust the next chapter because of the author. His work is only complete in us when we reach eternal glory with him. And what a beautiful day that will be. What a beautiful day that will be. But while we're still here, while we're still here, we need to seek the Lord and say, God, I know that you have some type of purpose for me. Even if I just need to speak a word to someone, even if I just need to love on someone, whatever it is, Lord, show me. Open my eyes, Lord. Show me, Lord. Show me. So stop viewing God as a small, finite being and start expanding your vision of who God is. And I believe he will reveal himself to you today in Jesus name and the most exciting parts here in this I'm, I'm not even done with Ephesians 3 I, I, we might be here for a little while guys sorry verse 19 to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge thank God thank God this love of Christ passes knowledge I'm going to get into that in a little bit that you may be filled with all the fullness of God and then verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Just for a moment, close your eyes and just think of all that God has done for you, all that God can do. Think about it for a moment. Now think about this. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above that. Praise God. Isn't that exciting? You can open your eyes. This is exciting news. This is exciting news. Sometimes we just need to build up our faith a little bit. How many are ready just to see God do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think? I am. Praise God. If you haven't opened your eyes, you can open them. Or if you wanted to stay closed and take a nap, that's fine too. <laughs> oh, Lord, strengthen our faith today. Help our unbelief. As the father comes to Jesus, who has the son who is, has an evil spirit, he says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Make that your prayer today. So I have a few points, and let me, we could probably go on and on, but I just came up with about five points about the spiritual realities that we're talking about today. And the first being spiritual wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2. Would you turn there with me, please? I got this new Bible as a gift for Christmas, and I love this Bible. But what I will say is because it's large print, it takes me about 10 pages to turn a chapter. So <laughs> I still have to get used to that. I'm used to these small prints. Verse 1, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, 
Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. There is no wisdom if it is not from God. Wisdom does not exist. <laughs> right? This is some idea that we have created. There is knowledge and there is learning, yes, but there is no true wisdom unless it is of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Right? You cannot be wise without fearing the Lord. That is what we're saying here. You cannot be wise without seeing the Lord. I love in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul saying, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Amen. Has he not made foolish? Everything else is foolishness, unless it's of the Lord. And so when we know the Lord, when we, when we fix our eyes on heavenly realities, we, we see God in this, in this new light, and he breathes wisdom into us. Even as King Solomon prayed for wisdom, right? The Lord granted him this wisdom. Made some mistakes. We know that. Second point, God's provision. This is a spiritual reality. Provision in your life. Prosperity even. And I always like to emphasize that I don't view prosperity as just financial material. Okay? That is not how I view it. It can be that. Yes. There's so much more that we should consider being blessed by from the Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God will give you the provision for the work he calls you for. Amen. He will prepare you. He will provide you sufficiency in all things. All things. And that's, that just keeps going. I keep going back to this physical reality. We see, okay, it's provided in this area, but maybe not this area. No. Sufficiency in all things is what the scripture says. That means if we don't see it, we can still trust it, that he will supply it. Amen. Amen. All sufficiency in all things, not just in some things. Third point, healing. Healing. Spiritual reality is healing. Psalm 103. And like I told you guys, this is just five of many points. And we can expand this and expand this. But to me, these are the things that truly, when I, when I think about the Lord and I get my eyes off of areas of my own life, areas of my own physical perception. This is what I want to see more clearly. Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth 
is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Amen. He forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we can experience this healing in, in so many ways. Physically, yes. Mentally. Spiritually. God brings healing. And I hold on to this word that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Above all that I have received, all the reports, whatever it is. He's able to do greater than that. He's able to do a work in your mind, in your body, in your spirit. And maybe you haven't experienced healing in some time. You guys heard my testimony just two weeks ago. I was barely able to walk into this place. I didn't even want to get up from the chair. I, I've confided in some people. I'm just going to confide to you right now. I was ready for the service to be over when I was sitting there because my back was killing me. It's killing me. I was like, just thinking, Lord, I, this has been enough, right? We, we sang enough songs. Are you pleased with this? And then I felt conviction on my heart right away. And it's okay for me to admit this because I, I imagine that we all struggle with certain areas in our lives and we feel the physical pain. And at that moment, I was feeling a lot of physical pain. If you don't know much about me, I, I, you know, the chiropractor says, you know, you've got severe degenerative disc disease and basically have the, the discs and the vertebrae. And when you're looking at the x-rays and all that stuff, basically have the back of someone who is... 30 years older than you or was in a severe car wreck. <laughs> so he told me, he says, you can no longer do impact sports or anything like that. So it has been a battle, but I'm believing I received that healing. Then I'm believing even more yes, yes. for the alignment in vertebrae, for the healing in my back. I don't have time to be sitting around and doing nothing. You don't have time to be sitting around and doing nothing either. We've got a work to do for the Lord. Amen. But let me just say this. Maybe you haven't experienced healing in some time. You know, I, I truthfully cannot explain why at times God chooses to heal some and not others, some ailments and not others. But what I do know is that God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. In the times where I felt weakest, even in the times where I was struggling with insomnia and I would come in here sometimes with zero sleep, you know, trying to preach on zero sleep is not easy, <laughs> at least in your mind. But I relied on the spiritual strength, this, this strength that came perfect in my weakness because in my pain or wherever it was, there was a deeper sense of relying on God. And sometimes we get to that point where we're waiting on God to make a move, but you know what? He is making us perfect in his weakness because ultimately if we could point back to his glory, then he is so much more glorified in us. So God is made strong in my weakness. There's a quote, and I, I honestly cannot remember where I heard this from, and I might have misplaced it a little bit, but it says, suffering and pain stretch the capacity of our soul for intimacy with God and other people. Suffering and pain stretch the capacity of our soul for intimacy with God. To me, there is no greater testament of God's goodness 
when I see someone who's even permanently disabled, who delights in the Lord and lives a life of thanksgiving and praise to God. That blesses me. That blesses me. Someone suffering mentally, yet they continue to persevere because they know that he is still worth it all. Or a family member losing someone, and yet they could say, whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth there is none that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail. Yours is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't be discouraged today, folks, if God hasn't answered a prayer or if he's making you wait or if he says no. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That is a quote by John Piper. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. When we are most satisfied, even in pain or suffering, wherever it is. What further proof is there of God's glory when, when we walk in satisfaction, even in suffering? His grace is on my sufficiency. And we don't always know the full depths of, of God's plan and his power, but Here's the second part of this spiritual reality of healing. <laughs> he is still a God who works miracles. And he is still a healing God. I don't want to just say, oh, you got to suffer your whole life. Be glad for it. God has a will. He is sovereign. But he is still a miracle-working God. He is still power. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? And he is faithful to perform his word, and I believe that. So the, whatever the battles you faced, I've seen the battles even in my mother. She's not here today. She is still, we need to continue to pray for her. Fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Keep, keep fervently praying. <laughs> Amen. But I can tell you right now, I've seen God's miracles. I mean, most of you know this. At the age of, what, two or three, I drowned as a child, lifeless, no heartbeat, purple, whatever it was. I drowned. I was lifeless. And yes, CPR was performed on me, but when I came out of that, I still feel like I have a memory of this, but uh, apparently the very first words that I said were, Jesus saved me at two or three years old. And I believe that. And I believe that. Amen. Even if you haven't seen his work in a while, folks, strengthen your faith today. Strengthen your faith. Lord, I believe help my unbelief and trust in him to perform what he is able, what he is able to do. Point number four, and I'm going to try to go a little faster, I'm sorry. <laughs> Prophecy, visions, and dreams. Acts 2.17, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. <laughs> Amen. You know, so often God wants to speak through us in, in many ways. How many of you have ever received a word either from the Lord directly or from someone? I've received a word from someone through, through prophecy. And, and so I believe God speaks to all if we listen. God speaks to you and me if you just shut up. Just shut up. I said it. Don't tell them I said it. That's so many, so many times we just need to learn to be quiet. Learn to get alone and just be quiet and just allow him to speak through us. Give him the time that is necessary 
to grow more intimately with him. And you know, I, I firmly believe that the gifts of the spirit are still evident today, right? They did not die with the apostles. They did not die with the apostles. What is the point of half of these words in the New Testament if they just died with the apostles? Jesus says, greater works shall you do. Well, what greater works? If they die with the apostles, what greater works? So take your eyes off your own perception, folks. Help my unbelief, Lord. Number five, God's plan. I, I can tell you right now, oh, far, sorry, Hebrews chapter 13. <laughs> Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. I, uh, I struggled with it for a while. And that's, this is what led me to take matters into my own hands, the way I perceived things, the way I thought the plan was, and I just kind of took the plan into my own hands instead of waiting for and seeking the spiritual reality of what God desired for me. And I think there were lessons learned. There were lessons learned in, in my running and trying to figure things out. But I'm thankful that God does have a plan for every single person in this place. Verse 20, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Christ Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, this is a passage I would point to right away, that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. We say that a lot. It becomes cliche, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Yes, he's going to qualify you through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher, your helper, right? And he will complete, he will complete you every good work to do his will. He will complete you. You just have to walk in faith. And so I don't believe you've, you're ever really qualified or equipped until you submit to Jesus. Submit to him and accept his will over your life. So that is a major key. Submit, submit to him. And you're not equipped till you seek God's heart. All right? You can have a whole lot of knowledge. You can have this degree and that degree and a whole lot of knowledge, but none of it matters until the fear of the Lord is the beginning of your wisdom. So these are just a few points that I offered where God's realities just trump our own earthly realities. See, earthly realities say that you're not ready for ministry, whatever your ministry that you feel on your heart, whether it's street ministry, whether it's worship, whatever it is. You're not equipped. You're not qualified. But the heavenly reality will say that you have all the equipping and the qualification that you need. And it's through the Holy Spirit. He will be your teacher, your qualifier, and he will complete you for every good work. Earthly realities will say that there's nothing the doctors can do. The reports, it's bad. Whose report will you believe today? What is the heavenly reality here? It says, I know the great surgeon who heals my disease, who binds the brokenhearted, who sets the captives free. Hallelujah. That is the heavenly reality. And earthly realities say, I have no purpose. I'm stuck. I have no use. I don't really understand what's going on. But these heavenly realities say, I, 
God has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. A plan to give you a hope and a future. That wasn't just for the nation of Israel. That is for all of us. He has a plan to prosper you today. He has a good plan for us. And we just need to get this word in our hearts this morning. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We serve a great God. Amen. I want us to just start to put God into the magnification that he deserves. Instead of trying to see this small, finite, powerless God, see God as alive, as a roaring lion, as one who has all power, all authority, and we still don't even understand the full depths or the height or the width or the length of his power, of the riches, the unsearchable riches of Christ. So I just invite you today to take your eyes off of wherever they are, wherever they're distracted, to the left or to the right, the complications, the stresses, the past that's coming back to you. And you say, well, God, I got this problem or I've done this thing. God, I don't know where you're taking me, but I can tell you your whole life, guys, it will be a battle. The devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And there will be spiritual battles in our minds. There will be spiritual battles and taking your eyes off of the prize that is Christ Jesus. But I can tell you to just to keep going forward. It is a narrow path. It is a narrow path, but great. It is great. So don't make your whole prayer life about, about what you can't see. Instead, just start seeking God to show you the things that he wants to show you, the things that he has ready for you. That's how we get sometimes in our prayer life. God, this is wrong. I don't know what's going on here. I've got this ailment, this thing going on. Take your mind off of that. I know it's not easy, but I believe God wants to reveal his greater things to us. But so often we're just stuck looking behind. I'm reminded of uh, an old hymn when I was seeking the Lord on what to say. And this is kind of reminding myself that is believed to be that this hymn was written in the 8th century. So it really, I don't know, something about it is just so beautiful to me. Uh, And it's based out of Jeremiah 29, which we just read last week. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse, verse 9, sorry, or chapter 9, verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands me and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. In the lyrics of this hymn, I'm going to read this, and I think we're going to put it up on the screen. And while we, while we read this, I just invite you to, for a moment, just reflect on your life and reflect on the Lord. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. Be thou my wisdom and thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father, I thy true son. 
thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mind inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure. Thou art high King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Wherever you are, just make that your prayer. Still be my vision, O ruler of all. So I want to challenge you this morning. Go ahead, come on up. I want you to think about this for a moment. How have you sought to see Jesus more clearly this week? Last month? Last year? What has been your focus? And my other challenge to you is how have you viewed God lately? Have you looked at God through the microscope or the telescope? Seeing God as small and finite. If you want to see him more clearly, folks, I would invite you to take off the pretense, take off the perception, and just see God for who he is and hold fast to the word. Amen. We're going to sing this song, this hymn. I want you to stand and let's just sing this together. If you know it, if you don't, let's just seek the Lord for a moment.
in wherever your thoughts, your perceptions, your realities that you faced, wherever they are, the Lord still wants to be your vision today. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face today. Hallelujah. So just think about that for a moment. Where have you been lately? Where do you want to be? What do you want to see today? Where do you want God to take you? Do you want him to take you where he plans, or do you want to just go on your own path? Amen. Make this our prayer. It's a song that I was singing this morning, and I, I told Kelly, I said, man, that song, is, it goes along with this perfectly. I'll sing this for a moment. These are older songs. I apologize, but I like the older songs, so I'll this one for a moment. Say, God will make a way when there seems to be no way he works in ways we cannot see he will make a way for me he will be my guide hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day he will make a way my God will make a way. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. Do you believe that this morning, that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think? Hallelujah, Lord, we just give you praise. We give you honor and glory right now. In Jesus' name, Father. Lord, I thank you that you are, you are changing our vision right now, Lord. You are taking our, our nearsightedness right now, and you are expanding our vision to see the full depths of your love, to see the full depths of your grace, to see the full depths of your power, Lord. This is what we seek from you right now, Lord. I pray that you would continue to reveal in us this week. You would continue to reveal in every heart in this place. Change our hearts, oh God, and change our eyes, we pray. Give us eyes so that we may see you.